The first cell phone was demonstrated in 1973 by Martin Cooper. You know what wasn't demonstrated? Shared plans. Over 50 years later, you can save on one line thanks to Visible. When you switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible, you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. No hidden fees. No, really. You can look around for them. They're not there. Switch now at Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms. Visit Visible.com. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Beyond and hello and welcome to IGN's PlayStation Show, episode 811. I'm your host, Max Scoville. And joining me today... Jada Griffin, right hey, here in here flesh, to, in person. Here to give you the eight one one on everything. The eight one one. I don't. I think that's what you call for like bus schedules and stuff. That's like the. That's what I've got. If you need a, if you need the the line for the B route, the number forty two. I got you. I'm Wonderful. your girl. Well, joining us all the way from Pal Territory, the land of the tube, UK, Mr. Midas Games. What's up, man? How's it going? I am so happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Thank you for knowing what a tube is. Because some people are like, a tube? What's that? Yeah, like we're repping. So yeah, I'm here repping for the UK. And I'm super excited to talk some PlayStation with you both. So thank you so much for having me on. Of course. Now we got plenty of stuff to talk about. Uh, there's Baldur's Gate 3 is I like you've been playing a ton of it. Mm-hmm. That is that is coming. I, I think it's safe to say that is one of the biggest PlayStation 5 games of the fall. And I guess it's sort of accidentally console exclusive, which is, you know, not complaining. Uh, But yeah, I couldn't I I couldn't wait. And so I just jumped into it on PC and messed around a little bit. And there's stuff to unpack. And I think it's I I think people who haven't had a chance to mess with it on on PC have something to look forward to for sure. Uh, There's, of course, uh, I don't know. I got all I got all whimsical, nostalgic. We did a 90s week last week. I wrote a whole feature about uh, the TMNT arcade cabinet and got me thinking about Shredder's Revenge and how I just we need more games like that. We'll get to that. There's also a PS5 beta update. And uh, Midas, you're actually looking forward to, to, to Project Q. And I want to I hear your thoughts on that. But first, one of the biggest things going on this week is Rockstar announced a port of Red Dead Redemption. Finally, it's which here. Which is not what anyone it's was here. It's what I've been waiting for. 11 years, guys. 11 <laughs> this, years they did it. This was a long they accomplished, time making. They this accomplished was... our dreams. Now, <laughs> people aren't happy about this, and I can I can see why. I think there's also, it, to be fair, I think people were very, there was a lot of hype. There was a lot of mm-hmm. people like, you know, scouring for leaks and rumors. There's, I feel like there's always been a rumor that a Red Dead remake was in the works. Maybe there still is, uh, but this ain't it, Chief. Uh, it's... I mean, the fact that they have the entire map there to work with, it seems like sort of a no-brainer. But in this case, it is pretty much, you know, I know that more goes into a port than just, you know, renaming the file. You or can't just copy-paste it. it. Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> it is coming to PS5 by way of backwards compatibility on PS4. So they're putting out a PS4 version and a Switch version with the, uh, the, the root and tootin' price of $50 US, which is, I feel like, a little steep for a... 13 year old game 13 years 13 years oh i thought it was 11 wow yeah Yeah. now i'm angry that two years makes a difference time flies when you're waiting for a remaster (laughs) uh 
But yeah, so the weird thing here is it didn't get any news about the about coming to you know Series X or, or Xbox because uh, it's already on there. Like you just buy the 360 version digitally for. I think 30 bucks unless it's on sale or whatever, or if you have the disc kicking around. Uh, there's still no PC version, which people have been, you know, lamenting for so long. And uh, yeah, this just feel this kind of stings. This kind of burns, you know? Yeah, you know, it's uh, it's it's weird, but also not weird for Rockstar because we often look at Rockstar as this one of this, these pillars of quality. Uh, you know, you look at GTA 5, you look at Red Dead Redemption 2, you look at even like L.A. Noir when it first dropped. Like it's one of these things where they focus on the quality of their world, their characters. Like they take something to the next level, and we're we're learning more often than not when they port stuff. They don't. It doesn't seem to that vision doesn't follow uh, with the GTA uh, trilogy that we got last year, um, which was that at least was a fresh coat of paint. It the was. might have misspelled some street signs wrong and maybe done really weird, weird stuff on the it, side. You know, the rain was, you know, it was thick. Yeah. It was very thick rain. But, I mean, at, le at the very least, that was ambitious in, in what it was. Like, that, was, that yeah. was trying something. That was making something new. This feels just like... Getting it running on Switch, I'll give it that. You know, if this, I think if this has been a standalone announcement, be like, oh, it's coming to Switch, that would be sort of okay. Mm -hmm. But like the fact that it's just the PS4 version feels exceptionally kind of like, kind of, kind of mad. It's sort of really the the worst of both worlds because you know, it, this this was this was on PS3. Mm -hmm. I totally understand when we have you know when we have PS3 games. Uh, that are PS3 exclusive, like that's a complicated system to make games for, and like getting them to run on normal, regular machines is is like a whole science project. I don't understand, but I like, I don't know. I I kind of feel like this this shouldn't. I don't. It, yeah, Midas, what's your read on I, this? I almost feel like this feels like a demake. It's like we're going back in time. It's like we were all excited for that PS5 red dead and they're like oh no 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 you can play it on your ps5 but you're going to be playing this ps4 port like what like it makes no sense the only way it makes sense is to do the age oh we're porting that and then in three months time we get an announcement of a full remake yeah. That's the only way for me it can make sense where they're like, all right, let's just get this over. Let people play it on the Switch. Let a couple people who want it right now play it. And then we're going to do a big announcement of a remake. No, but think, if I they're not... I mean, that's what they did with, with yeah. Metal Gear Solid Snake Eater, Delta, whatever it's called. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And they, they were like, yeah, this is a big new thing. It's in the works. But also, this holiday season, grab games you already owned 16 years ago or whatever, you know? <laughs> yeah. like, and it's... You know, it you you set expectations that way. And again, like this was the community kind of running with some like there. Were, I saw a thing about how people uh, they saw like a listing somewhere in like the Korean ratings board or the Canadian mm -hmm. Target website or whatever people find this leaked <laughs> information where it said you know RGP uh, Red Dead Redemption and people were like remastered game project it's gotta be that and it's like no it was it's rockstar games presents <laughs> like it's not it kind of it was definitely i think some some vivid imaginations running away but the, the hopers and the dreamers they, they they you know they see things what they want to see max they see what they want to see it's fun to be excited it is you gotta be careful you don't get so excited that you you, you whack your head on the coffee table and get mad about it you know <laughs> metaphorically speaking 
now there are like you know there are plenty of other like rockstar games i think a part of the issue here is also rockstar has been so quiet for so long like gta 6 has really kind of been in rockstar terms the sort of chinese democracy of of game releases like we've been waiting for it for ages we had that big huge leak so we all have to kind of go ho home we don't know what it's going to be but we sort of do mm -hmm. uh and in the yeah. meantime we've had there's the there's the whole joke about how like the ps2 got like three gtas and gta 5 has had like three playstations yeah and it's just it it's taken a minute and i feel like the it would sting a little bit less if rockstar had been more consistent with dropping stuff like this and there's again you know, if it was like, if it's framed as like, oh, it's the Rockstar Classics Collection, still wouldn't be wild about a $50 price tag. But like, I don't know, if there was some, and I almost feel like this was a thing they were doing like earlier, a few generations ago, like when they were like, oh, we got GTA 3 running on Android mm -hmm. or it's 10th anniversary or whatever. Yep. And that was cool. And it's like, I don't know, there's like, everybody wants more Bully. Bully would be great. Bully yep. would be wonderful. Midas, are you a Bully fan? Oh, I love me some bully. Bully is sick. We need some more bully. But you know what's funny, Max? I actually think some people don't even realize that Rockstar make any other game by GTA. Yep. I think people think like there's a generation of gamers of that's all that they know. They don't know about the bullies. They don't know about the warriors. They don't actually know the midnight that clubs. there is a pedigree of other games they make. They just feel like that's this is just the exclusive IP and that's all they put out. Mm -hmm. no, that's and a... it feels like that sometimes. Yeah. I mean, GTA Online is an MMO at this point. And it, in the same way that it's like, I'm sure there's a generation that knows Warcraft as being World of Warcraft. It's like, yeah, no, there was other stuff before that. There's... There was, it was an RTS yeah. at one point, guys. Uh, and it's, I mean, people obviously, they, you know, there's a demand for single player DLC for GTA Online or just really, I, I think it, it's something besides just online updates, you know, and... Yeah, I mean, I would. I I always loved. I I love Bully. I think Bully's amazing. Mm -hmm. I thought that that was just such a wonderful sort of like really hard turn from like, oh, it's hard. <laughs> we got accused of doing too many violent crime games. Like here's here's this like goofy like tongue in cheek very playful game, which was still deeply inappropriate in many yes. ways. But like you know, it was a good time. Um, the Warriors is another one. We just got news that like this is not the Warriors remake I wanted, but like Lin Manuel Miranda is making a stage adaptation musical about it that's going to be like based more heavily on the book. I'd really just be cool with the video game getting ported. I'd be okay with that. I, I'm actually a little interested in this the stage play. I might go see this one. Like, uh, but you know, I agree with you though. I, I definitely want to see a port of the Warriors game because that was fantastic back on the PS2. Oh yeah, Midas. When's the last time you messed with the Warriors? Oh, you know, it's been a long time, but I'd like the Warriors handheld. So I would like to play the Warriors mm. on a Switch or a Project Q when it actually comes out. That kind of feels like a small kind of game for me. I doubt I would sit down and play that on my PlayStation 5 or my yeah, big yeah. Um, TV. So, yeah, I haven't played Warriors in a long, long time because I remember the movie hitting the bottles warriors yeah. like yeah i'm old school like that so, you get me yeah i mean that movie rules i also love that that was that was very much like a rock star like i think they just i don't know they had some money burning a hole in the pocket and they were like oh man warriors was sick let's make a game out of it how much yep. is that license they're like 40 bucks let's do it no one's keeping walter hill hi yeah it's rock star we want to borrow your movie uh but no like i i i think ps2 games and psp games ported to switch is like I, I love that. You know, yeah. I, I don't think there's, you know, there's a, there's a, a frustration when we hear about like these classic games, not getting any kind of updates or any kind of like real overhauls when they're coming to like next gen systems. But mm -hmm. like when you're like, oh no, it's just, they, I don't know. Like they were like, 
were like i think they, they put like jedi outcast on switch and i was like that's not a game i would be stoked about hearing to coming to yeah bigger consoles but like oh i can take it on the go and it's you know in in lieu of having I don't know, like a Vita 2 or something. The portability definitely, yeah. not, portability as in like you can portable, mm-hmm. not like porting ability. Um, it really does a <laughs> lot for these kind of smaller games that don't need the, that don't like probably won't make enough sales to warrant a bigger investment to make a proper PS5 or Xbox Series X or whatever version, but definitely to getting it ported for like a digital version to play on the switch and stuff like that. You definitely make some money. Um, viewers are watching at home. You're seeing clips of rockstar's table tennis, which was a fantastic little game. I think it was originally three, 360 exclusive. And I think it launched on PS3 later down the road. If I remember correctly, this is one of those games but, that everybody always sort of mentions as a joke but it's also a good game it was fantastic i cannot tell you how much hype this game was back when it launched like we had tournaments in my GameStop playing this game we had an xbox setup we had rockstar table tennis tournaments well my my theory is that like rockstar makes all these other games or at least they used to 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 test out mechanics that would be used in bigger games yes and like the warriors very much the combat for that felt very much like what wound up in gta 4 mm-hmm. um fast forward a bit max Payne 3's bullet time thing wound up pretty much in gta 5 yep table tennis same deal with like that you know we wound up getting tennis in gta they did the midnight club series for their racing and some of the racing mechanics i don't think it's i don't think G- that's fully translated to gta yet but hopefully gta 6 maybe that's where they're gonna get driving yeah right and then you know manhunt for when you you want to do like a torture interrogation sequence in GTA. I, I don't I, I don't know. I, yes, I mean, yeah. not, not, I mean, <laughs> yeah, not not everything they've made needs needs like a, a remaster, or a port, or a new version, or whatever. Like a state of emergency. I feel yeah, like let's bring that state of emergency. Let's bring that back. That's okay. It's okay. Yeah, okay I've got a burning question. Yeah, I've got a really important question. I've never played table tennis. If you lose in that game, you die. Can you just fight? Can you just fight the other person? Can you just take your tennis and just like? Because if it's not, it's not really Rockstar. Like, if you're just playing, then it's just normal. Like, I come on, I need I some like bully was, in there. That was the 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 hook that like they everyone was like, okay, what makes it a Rockstar game? And it's like there wasn't really any, no. It was, it was just, just table. It's tennis. just like we yeah. just wanted to make a table just, tennis game. I would guys. be so into like a table tennis game that does a little bit of Blades of Steel, where you just yeah. you want to go fight a guy. You can do that. You just throw your paddle across the room. You know, <laughs> get a flag. Just get fed up and leave. Just. <laughs> Just break some rules. I don't know. I mean, did they have like a beer pong mode or anything like that? Oh, gosh. I don't remember. That would be like the rock star. I don't remember the extra modes and stuff. I just remember there's like a bunch of different people we play as and like it was just tabletop. It was very simple, but very good. Very well executed. It was like, like I was saying earlier about Rockstar being known for this like quality. It was like, this is the first time Rockstar has really done like a sports game. And they freaking nailed it like with table tennis it was crazy well one that i always loved and this is from the the ancient ancient days uh i believe this yeah no this predates gta 3 but um thrasher skate and destroy oh my goodness they hit skateboarding magazine but like the the rock star element there was it had a killer soundtrack and then you'd get chased by cops like it was a skateboarding game but they're like let's really lean into the whole skateboarding is not a crime but some people think it is and you'd like skate long enough your time would run out and it would switch to a first person view and you'd see like a cop's taser coming after you and like i played i just had a demo disc i played backwards and forwards of this and it's like i don't think it's a particularly great game and it's probably one of those ones they couldn't really port over easily because it's i think it's got like a ton of licensed music from those days when like you could just throw oh whatever on a goodness. game soundtrack i remember playing the demo disc for this one now yeah 
I, it was cool. It was. It definitely wasn't Tony Hawk, but it was no. like, and it had that that like rock star spirit to it. And yeah, I guess that's that's the thing that really is irritating about this is Rockstar has been radio silent for so long uh, while we're waiting for GTA Six, which I'm sure will be, if nothing else, like a technically impressive project. Uh-huh. Like I'm sure it's going to be divisive because Five sets such high expectations, but. You know, in the meantime, it would be cool if we got some sort of, you know, some greatest hits, some classics and throwbacks and stuff. And the fact that they those have been so sporadic, sporadically released uh, or, you know, not so not handled so great like the GTA ones were. I mean, the L.A. Noir, for instance, that was cool that it got a, an update. And then I think mm-hmm. wasn't the switch version of that kind of. A, yeah, it was rough. very rough. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe if that's if that's the the focus, go back to simpler stuff where switch can handle it a little bit better. I don't I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, uh, moving on. Baldur's Gate 3 is yeah. a huge, massive game. I want to, I want to, I want to talk about this. I don't, I don't think this is an RPG. I think this is a role-playing game simulator. Yeah. It's kind of like, you know, it, there's so many levels to Baldur's Gate 3 that it, it does kind of make other RPGs seem like they're simula- like they're role-playing as role-playing games comparatively. Yeah. Um, because Baldur's Gate is just massive. It, A, for those of you out there who don't know Baldur's Gate, it's based on D&D. So it's built straight out of D&D systems. So you've got your um, you've got your ability scores, which in most games are considered attributes when it comes to your strength, constitution, uh, wisdom, can you, intelligence. Can you hear my eyes glazing? Open? I can. No. And yeah, it's no, going to, sorry, I'm, I'm going to get super nerdy no, here. So hold on, hold on, hold on. Midas, I want to hear your, your do, you, do you, have you played D&D at all? Have you played tabletop stuff? Uh, so no, I'm not a, I'm not a tabletop guy. I'm not a D&D guy, but I am a big RPG guy. And I didn't even know about Baldur's Gate. And then I've been hearing all these rumors about sleeping with a bear. That's They're all I'm hearing is people. That's confirmed. I'm, you can do it. Yeah, I'm hearing <laughs> people are getting excited about sleeping with a bear. I was like, I didn't know everyone was a furry. Like, I, I wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, it. It's really um, looks interesting to me. I love deep stories. I love deep mechanics. I love where you can really get your teeth into. Mm-hmm. I'm not really into the dice stuff. Like I said, I don't come so from that table. That, that's world. what I think is fascinating is like the video game role playing games, pretty much as long as they've existed, especially on consoles, have streamlined stuff that D&D introduced. Like they've taken mm-hmm. those mechanics and they basically, they hide they hide the dice. They hide the dice. It's just dice. like a percentage yeah. to hit. Like, you, anytime you've played any RPG, it's like yeah. 74% chance to hit. Yeah, that's just like a dice roll. It just means you need to roll better than a 17. Yeah. I mean, on... you're, again, it's, it, it sounds complicated when you explain it. Yes. Sometimes it is. It is. And like the whole, you can, <laughs> you can move a little bit, but not that much, but a little bit. And then you can do something. What is doing something? It means something, an action, maybe attacking or maybe something else. Maybe it's a bonus action. Yeah. Maybe, but, you know. Yeah. Maybe if you roll the right dice, you get to do some other stuff. But these, these are, these are things that are like, you know, anybody who's played a lot of, of a lot of D and D it's like muscle memory. You get it. Mm-hmm. But like coming at this from the perspective of, you know, playing a, playing a, a video game, playing, I mean, even we're talking about this with our, with our producer, but even coming from divinity, original sin, which is what Larry did before this, Mm -hmm. that was a CRPG first and foremost. Whereas this is striving to like really capture the authentic D and D experience, which ironically it doesn't, it, there are still dice working behind the scenes, but they went to the trouble of making photorealistic dice that you roll on the screen. Mm -hmm. Doesn't need to have that, but it adds to it. You know, I love it. I love seeing the dice roll on the screen because so, like, anytime you're doing 
you're trying to do something. You're trying to pickpocket somebody. You're trying to disarm a trap. You're trying to sneak by somebody or convince them in a conversation to give you all of their gold. Like, you have to roll a dice for that. And you can see all the different bonuses and how you're, you've built your character out and how that affects it. If you're trying to convince somebody of something and you have a terrible charisma, you have a penalty to that because you're not charismatic. Chances are of you convincing somebody to, to part with their worldly belongings, not very high. And again, but, this is, this yeah. is a thing that we've seen in like, you know, in Fallout. Uh -huh. it, just says, it just says like a statistic that would affect this and it doesn't show you the actual, it doesn't show you the dice being rolled. It exactly. doesn't show you what's actually at stake. And it's just, I don't know, I... Midas, what, what do you, what's your thoughts on on turn-based stuff in general? Like, I, we've seen a recent sort of pivot where, like, FF16, you know, the, the FF7 remake as well has, like, switched from being, you know, famously turn-based to being much more action-centric. So I love a turn-based, and I don't know why turn-based gets such a hot, a bad exactly. time. When we think of things like, everyone loves Pokemon. No one ever says, oh my gosh, why is this turn-based game so weird? And you hit people play things like Persona, people who never played a turn-based game, and their mind's blown, and they, this game's incredible. The thing with turn-based is just, it has to be done really well. It's much easier to have a real-time action game where the combat is done well than it is in a turn-based. And when it comes to like modern day turn-based games with games like Persona and things like Shimagami Tensei actually showing how sick it can be, it can be done really well. I feel like when you add the dice, it just ups the nerd centric. That's all it is. <laughs> just add, it just ups it up a bit and it makes you feel a bit more on a nerd level. Cause for me, like I say, I play RPGs all the time and the dice kind of threw me at first, but I'm like, oh, it's the same thing. Like you're saying, it's just in front of you rather than being in the background. But when it's done well, it can be great. And I just don't feel like it needs to be in everything. Like Final Fantasy 16 as a real-time combat game worked perfect and it didn't need to be a turn-based game. But this having turn-based mechanics works well. I don't think everything needs to be one thing. Mm -hmm. No, I agree. No, it's, it is funny though. We've seen, like, I, I think there's definitely, there. It, I, I feel like publishers see real-time combat as being more marketable. And in mm -hmm. a lot of ways, I think for more casual players, it totally is. And it's also, as I think as graphics get better, it it's it's something that sh it's more fun to showcase. Yeah. You know, like and, uh, Persona, like is that style goes such a long way. Like if that was, if those menus were more sort of static and less stylized, like, yeah. I think, I don't know, a lot more people would write it off as just being, you know, a, another JRPG. But I think that, yeah. that that style really hooked a lot of people who might not have been into that otherwise. Uh, conversely, you know, Yakuza, infamous beat em up series, one of the most uh, beat em up of beat em ups. Like you just go, you literally just fight dudes with everything around you, parking cones, bicycles, you name it, all that kind of stuff. Just constantly punching the crap out of people. And they did that for six games or seven and change, whatever. And then they were like, actually, the new one is turn based. <laughs> and it works it totally makes sense they even contextualize it in the game by making like the main character a huge jrpg nerd but at the same time it is sort of a head scratcher that they were like no let's do this backwards let's take this let's take this uh let's flip this and you know we saw like fallout used to be you know very much much more akin to something like Baldur's gate and then with three they were like no 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 it's a first person shooter and i guess the results speak for themselves because those the have been have wildly fun. successful yeah yeah yeah, I love the Jade. I love that you put Worms Rumble in here. I I don't really go to Worms when I think of turn-based. So yeah, I mean, sure. if you remember the old Worms games, they were all turn-based, like 
playing it flash on your pc back in the day like in computer class it was like okay i gotta aim my shot and then i have a limited amount of movement or whatnot to move where i need to go it's kind of it's kind of Baldur's gate it's kind of how it works and you kind of you use your limited movement to maneuver you Baldur's make your attack gate is basically worms yes exactly <laughs> i mean there's a lot of worms that in we Baldur's put out gate. in the books yes <laughs> quoted by jada griffin yes um and but worms rumble their most recent one of, i think it's their most recent launch they swapped to real time so it's like a real time thing and it's it's just kind of a weird uh you know trend we've seen a lot of like these old classic turn-based go to real time and so but it works for some games yeah i'm i don't know it's i, I don't have a huge issue with it i have a, a weird thing mentally where i feel like turn-based to me and it really gels with portability mm-hmm and I guess it's partially because, like, if you're playing, you know, you're playing on a Vita or a Switch or whatever, like, there's that, oh, I have to go do something else, and you just put it in your pocket. You're not immediately, you're not going to get murdered, you know? Yeah. Like it, it kind of it pauses constantly. Like, it's always, yep. it's always, you know, balls in your court, but you can just put it away. Yep. And that's, uh, I don't know, that's that's a stupid mentality, you know? I feel like with the, there's also, there's also the aspect of grinding, which is, mm-hmm. that's something I appreciate Baldur's Gate for not having. It, yeah, Bal- we've become accustomed, thanks to, you know, JRPGs, that there's like a fair amount of grinding, there's random encounters, you have that all the time, but I feel like that's not really an issue here. <laughs> yeah, no, the, there's no level 100 in Baldur's Gate. Uh, most, you know, if you're a tabletop fan, you know this, but most D&D campaigns, the max level generally is level 20. Most campaigns usually end around between 10 and 15 for character levels, uh, depending on what campaign you start. Something you start later, but I won't get into that super nerdy stuff. Which, again, um, that's but, one of the things that we've totally, that video games have kind of like, like, Midas, when you think of like a high, like a high level character in a video game, what do you, what's, what do you think? Um, so I know they recently just announced that they're up in the level caps on, on, uh, Final Fantasy 14 MMO to hundred, but I just recently finished FF 16 and I think the level cap was like 50. I was at like, when I completed the game, I think I got to like 46 mm-hmm. and that felt quite like a high, that it sounded quite low, but when I was playing it, it felt high level. I think it's really around the design of the game. Mm-hmm. And I feel <laughs> like it's that I hate grinding. And I think grinding is a really bad mechanic that was done in old games where it was just like, let's just feel some time. Like, I feel like the game should be designed. Like I know we spoke about Persona a lot, but Persona, like the metaverse for me is incredible. That's the way to grind where it's just part of the story. <laughs> where if you want to be super, um op you can do that or if you just want to kind of be at the level of where the characters are um so yeah i think that answered your question max yeah yeah definitely and so, like, and, i mean again and so for, for before like 47 is like a yeah. low level that you can't do that in <laughs> D D. like that's yeah. just not a thing it's not a thing it's like completely yeah and before our audience jumps down i just if you do get when you do start new game plus it ups the cap in 16 to 100 so you get that gives you some a reason to play new game plus and stuff um but yeah, uh, it's definitely a lower level cap for the first time through. Um, but yeah, no, I was going to say, um, yeah, it's just a very different. Also, I'm on the opposite camp of Midas. I love grinding in video games. I love just chewing through hundreds and hundreds of groups of enemies. I don't know why. It's just the way my brain is wired when it comes to playing games. Um, probably from all those side scroll beat em ups and just like chewing through bunches and bunches of people hoping for them to drop me stuff i don't know um i don't know where i'm going with this um but yeah Baldur's gate it's it's just wild because there's so many different things and you're not gonna see everything in your playthrough it's literally impossible because depending on 
how you build your character, mm-hmm. what class you pick your character, and what party members you choose to take with you, because there's numerous party members and companions you can choose to have along for the ride. You get different options when it comes to dialogue, which will influence whether a certain character wants to join you later or if you want to kill if this person's like no i don't like this person i'm gonna kill this person um it just changes everything and then depending on which character you're controlling that also will change it so like there is a barn scene and i will say no more than that i keep hearing about this barn i don't want to know anymore i'm excited but if you when you see this barn (laughs) scene if you Start the dialogue with your barbarian. You get a very different dialogue choice that isn't there. Your barbarian. It's a bard barbarian. Yes, um, and it is hilarious. Okay. So definitely, and if you don't roll your class as a barbarian when you first start, you have if you have the party member uh, Lazelle, she's a barbarian. Or no, she's not a barbarian. She's a fighter. I classed her as a barbarian for me, so it gave me that extra oh, option. There's so much. Sorry, I know your eyes at home are glazing is, over. Is, is There's so much you stuff. More or less inclined to check out Baldur's Gate. <laughs> I can't help. Listen, it. this game is so deep. Even as a gamer, I'm confused. <laughs> I'm like, I felt like I needed to take out an ex, like a, a, a dictionary. I thought I needed to write notes. I was like, Jada, where are you taking me? I'm taking you like, everywhere. I have great news. There's journey. a player's handbook you can pick up. It's about 200 pages long. It's hardbound. It's like a school textbook. You can find it at your local bookstore <laughs> that, in the D&D section. Honestly, it's not an easy read. It's honestly not a bad suggestion, though, if you like to read the player's handbook before getting into Baldur's Gate 3. It's not a terrible idea because it does lay out a bunch of the basic stuff of like what can constitute as being an action, what constitutes being a bonus action, why do you get one of these each uh, on your turns, what is the difference between a magic spell and a cantrip? They're both, they both do magic, but what is the difference between these two? A cantrip is those spikes that you throw behind the car and the step people step on it and like a... Yes, that that's is a caltrops. That's a, those are caltrops. Uh, but a cantrip, there is a cantrip called Thorn Whip, which has okay. spikes on I'll a take whip. It. All so, right, fair enough. Um, but yes, and so it's like, and it, the the player's handbook breaks down. I'm not telling everybody to go out buy the D and D player's handbook, but if you have access to one, it's not a bad idea to kind of like do a quick overview and read of that. I'm sure there's probably. I mean, this is this is a, this is a crash course in in playing D and D, and it I'm is. Sure a lot of people are going to play this game, and then if they ever get around to playing D and D, it's going to be sort of like. Oh, it all makes oh, sense yeah. now. I mean, yeah. I had that experience like I, when I the first time I played D, played D anD D ages ago is gradually just kind of grokking that. Oh, this is stuff I'm all familiar with from. I mean, even from like Pokemon, like it's mm-hmm. stuff that it's mechanics that have become standard issue in video games have their roots in that, and it's just I don't know. It's going to be it's an interesting adjustment. But uh, the, the, one of the things about playing D anD D if you're playing with other people who haven't played it is hearing the dm just have to explain this stuff so much just really just it's that's part that's part of the experience mm-hmm. just w- walking people through it i i typically forget ever half the stuff i learn so i'm one of those people some of the times but it sort of comes back to me but it's i don't know the the, the beauty of dnd is, is playing it with a group of people because like you know you play final fantasy or persona or something like that you're fully in control of everything that happens at that point for the most part when you play with a group Baldur's state does four player co-op while you're maybe talking to somebody, somebody may go pull a switch somewhere in your game and trigger something else, and things just start happening while you're talking to somebody else. And that's D&D in a nutshell. It can just get very chaotic very quick, um, and it's very enjoyable because the world is just its ready to adapt to whatever you do. And like I think that's the biggest thing for Baldur's Gate for me is that no matter what 
I can come up with, the game is pretty much ready for it. Um, and there's just so many things that are just prepared for it. And that's that's what I love about RPGs is there's just so much depth. There's so many levels and everywhere to I mean, go with it. Emphasis on actual role playing. Like you're, yes. you're not just you're not just there to save the world and you just like fight a fight a bunch of goblins and then kill God or whatever and reach level 100. Like yeah, ride an airship with Sid. Like it's you're there to experience the story. Whoever the hell you want. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's something to look forward to. This episode of Podcast Beyond is brought to you by NordVPN, a great way to protect yourself online while also improving your overall experience while enjoying cyberspace. Are you tired of streaming shows, movies, or sporting events being unavailable in your region due to draconian restrictions that are based on completely arbitrary geographical boundaries in physical meat space? Well, switch your virtual location to a place where that's no longer an issue. The same goes for shopping. You can get the best possible deal on subscriptions, flights, hotels, and other goods and services like that from websites that like to play favorites with certain territories and currencies. Meanwhile, encrypted traffic protects your data from hackers, viruses, malware, phishing sites, and other harmful hitchhikers of the information superhighway. Though really, it's more of an information autobahn because there is no speed limit with NordVPN. It is the fastest VPN in the world, so there won't be any buffering or lagging, and it'll stop your ISP from throttling your bandwidth. Isn't that nice? One NordVPN account can be used across six devices, which is great. My wife has been using our account to watch all sorts of awful British reality TV shows that aren't available here, like Argument Island or Half Naked Idiots Fall in Love, and everyone's favorite, The Worst People Just Got Married, Let's Hear Them Talk About It. Shows that are so bad, they're blocked in our part of the world for our own good, but luckily, NordVPN allows her to trick the internet into thinking she's in the UK, so she and her awful friends can shriek and howl and cackle at the TV while I'm trying to relax. I've been using my VPN too. You know what I've been using it for? None of your business. Yep, that's right. And thanks to NordVPN, my data is safely encrypted, all bundled up in a weighted security blanket of incomprehensibly complex math problems, and nobody can tell what it's doing under there. Data, you do your thing. I'll leave you alone. One month of NordVPN coverage costs less than a cup of coffee. Coffee can't protect you from cyber criminals unless you throw it at them or pour it on their computers, and you'll probably get in trouble for doing that. So get NordVPN instead. To get the best possible discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com slash pobeyond. That link will also give you four extra months on the two-year plan. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. Again, that is nordvpn.com slash pobeyond. And now, back to the show. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Now, shifting gears pretty hard. Let's talk about Ninja Turtles because yeah. the new movies in the theaters. Midas, have you had a chance to check out Mutant Mayhem yet? I haven't seen it yet. I'm gassed to see it. I can't lie. Ugh. It's a it's a good time. It definitely like it, it it goes especially hard if you're like a just a you know brain damaged adult with lots of '90s nostalgia. Uh, but we did a little a little '90s week last week for for IGN and uh, or maybe the week before. I don't know. I don't know what month it is. What time um, is time? But we uh, I wrote a thing about the original TMNT arcade cabinet, which mm-hmm. uh, I. I feel like, you know, that's a that's a cool throwback that we have lots of fond memories for. It's a it's a great thing. But like actually picking into why that game is like special and why it's significant, there's a lot there. Uh as far as I can tell, that is the that is the second four player co-op beat 'em up game. Period. 
And it's like that. I mean, Double Dragon came out like a few years prior. Mm-hmm. And there was one other game that was also made by Konami called like Crime Fighters that came out a few months before this did. But like the idea of just and it basically a new genre of game yeah. being, being out there and then heading to the arcade and being like, oh, my God, they adapted my favorite cartoon into this game. Like it's just mm-hmm. it's it's completely like it's super it's it fits. It makes perfect sense. Like there's I mean, we have like we have other, you know, co-op games like The Simpsons and X-Men and all that. But like it makes perfect sense with Ninja Turtles because there has to be four of them. There yep. always are four of them, mm-hmm. you know, unless three of them die and then the other one has to carry on a mission of revenge. But that's another game. Maybe someday. <laughs> um, but I don't know. I wanted to sort of think about just the I, I wish that we'd get more kind of I don't want to say like mid range, but I guess like sort of double A games that are licensed games that aren't cash grabs that are more like love letters. Like Shredder's Revenge was clearly made with just extreme attention to that original arcade game and mm-hmm. Turtles in Time and that just that that vibe. And, you know, it had some modern sensibilities and it's, you know, they're continuing to add stuff to it. But it's I, I mean, it's it's such a it's such a cool like it's a it's a rarity. It is. And it's like they could have just made a royalty free beat em up that wasn't about turtles that was just original characters or whatever and probably save some money but it also might not have gotten anyone's attention because it doesn't have that you know that mass appeal yeah and i don't know we've we've also gotten like we just got disney illusion island which is again (laughs) just like a throwback platformer modern art style but yeah i really i want more of these i hope they're doing well enough to justify them because like it seems like kind of a gold mine because you know it's a huge risk for a license holder or a video game publisher to be like, we're going to do a quadruple A Spider-Man game. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's, that's not a, like not everything can be Arkham Asylum. Like it's, it's too risky. And like to see some smaller stuff like this, that that's great. You know? Yeah, no, I love this. Uh, the studios behind uh, Shredder's Revenge, that's uh Dotemu, Dottimu. I can't remember how you pronounce their studio's name. Um, but they also did like Streets of Rage 4, which was fantastic a couple years prior to the Shredder's Revenge release. Um, and so like I'm full bought in basically on anything they do for these kind of licensed brings. And I would I don't know if I'd call Streets of Rage really a license, but Well that's I mean that's a video like, game property. So like it sort of it exists in its own, you know, you don't have to get like Disney on the phone and be like, hey, can we borrow your Simpsons? Yeah. You wanna make a new <laughs> arcade game. Uh, Midas, what's a what's a like a '90s property that you'd love to see get this kind of treatment? All right, you lot ready? Yeah, this is what I need in my life. I need the people who made Shredder's Revenge to make me a biker mice for Mars. Ooh. Oh my god! I think there was one. I, Wasn't there a game for that? There was a. Biker, I don't even. I believe there was I, a biker mice for Mars, but I think it was back. It, it was. I think it was PS2 era. PS, get out of here. Maybe '64. Oh, yeah, we we need. Was it we need that the game? Yeah, we need that biker mic from Mars. We need um each of them on their bikes with that retro style. Like that would be sick. Yeah, there was a Super NES game. I I don't really okay. have as many fond memories of this. I don't I have like weird feelings about the biker mice from Mars to begin with. Like they were I don't know. There was three of them. That's weird. <laughs> Why were there three mice? There should be four or two. <laughs> I don't know. I was a SWAT, oh, you could... a SWAT cats man myself. SWAT cats. You haven't always got you haven't always got three friends. You know, sometimes it's just you and two of your friends. That's fair. Yeah. No, that's actually not the most far fetched possibility. I feel like that is a license that is like we just heard that Ryan Reynolds is executive producing a new Biker Mice from Mars cartoon series. 
I think that has a smaller uh, smaller corner of the market than Ninja Turtles in terms of 90s nostalgia, but it is there. It's enough for people to kind of poke their heads up and go, wait, Yeah, there on. it is. There was a PS2 version. Are you I told you. kidding me? Why yeah. Why did you put that on PS? What the? What were they doing over there? I, I, was like, <laughs> I, I was like very vividly remember. Thank you, Red, for having my back. I love our producer. I love Red. It's great. That? Um, Because they needed to. Yeah, Red. I feel so. insane. Yeah. Okay. They made a PS. They sure did. What? Yeah. So that was the see that was the most recent one, but I remember the Super Nintendo one because one of my cousins had that one because he had the Super Nintendo and I had the Sega, so we played certain games at his place, certain games at mine. Um, but yeah, I remember the PS2 and I remember selling it at, when I was at GameStop. So yeah, it was uh, it's okay. it's but I would say I will say Midas, it is it is prime time for it to make a comeback with Ryan Reynolds doing a cartoon show. Like it makes all the more sense for them to try and get all in on the marketing and. Bring it back, kind of a side-scrolling style. <laughs> now the funny or thing remaster, is, that, uh, I think. Yeah, I think the company that's producing that is, I believe, the one that produced the toys that made us, the Netflix show, which is like, mm. that's in good hands. That's the, I don't think that's a cash grab as much as it is like weird, weird old nerds being like, we need, we need to do new stuff with these weird mice men. I don't know. Yeah, biker mice from Mars. I didn't think we'd be talking about them today, but here we are doing <laughs> that. Uh, no, I mean, the, the the one I keep coming back to, and, and the Disney Illusion Island gives me a lot of hope for this, is that it shows that Disney isn't afraid to, you know, loosen up on one of their licenses, let people mess around with the aesthetics, the style guide a little bit, and mm -hmm. also make a sort of, you know, not, it doesn't have to be Dreamlight Valley. It doesn't have to be a massive, you know, either cash grab or AAA thing, you know? Isn't the Illusion Isle art style, isn't there, didn't they do like a cartoon for that as well, I believe? Yeah. I think yeah. there is like a cartoon, so I think there's little precedence for that, but it's still good to see that, did like you said, Disney is... Allowing people I mean, to like yeah. play around with the design of Mickey Mouse, which a is something they're people are pretty like they're kind of like okay, you got X Men '97 on the horizon, like maybe call up the dot dot e, dot emu dot emu people and be like, hey, do a Shredder's Revenge for for X Men. I really hope we get that because that I love good. the the X Men side scrollers. Not as much as my Ninja Turtles, but very close second for me. Yeah, I don't know. I just think it's, it'd be a, a good time. Like it, it seems like a, a, a like that's a scale of game that like we don't get often enough we got the power rangers battle for the grid mm -hmm. which is like a fighting little fighting yeah i actually um you know it? no i did not platinum <laughs> it was a mobile game um but because that was the fighter it was like the three on three i think it's three on three fighter if i remember correctly um and i actually got to play against jason david frank okay. uh at comic-con years ago um and i won and i got so i got i earned his autograph so i have an autograph of him it's awesome. on my shelf it's pretty great r.i.p to was him that, was that a mobile game i thought that was on consoles i believe they moved it i believe they added console ports to yes. it later yeah. um but yeah originally it was just mobile um, that's yeah that's a maybe that's the way you do it I, like but it's, it proves that you can make uh you know a game that like is a is it doing its best to be a solid video game mm -hmm. and also trying to make some money in the process and yeah, I don't know. I, I'm sure there's people out there who are like, I want to, I want to, um, five player co-op open world, uh, you know, Power Rangers game that's uh, persistent online. It's like that's probably not going to happen. But like a yeah. fighter that comes to mobile, that seems like a little more realistic. Honestly, I would, I would actually like to see the Dadamu guys play, make a new Power Rangers beat because there was the Power Rangers uh, side scroller back in the day you know on the Super about Nintendo. That? Just tr Trini would hit people with her bow. <laughs> that's not what a bow is for like her, I, you mean kimberly but Kim yes trini was yellow kimberly kimberly yeah. was kimberly with the bow oh my god but yes but yes also that did make no sense or whatnot but i feel like 
they kind of had to back in those days because I feel like if you gave a character a ranged attack like that back then, it just kind of would have yeah, broke no, the game. Sloppy, yeah, it would have broke. And the whole point of those games was to break your pockets, not for you to break the game yeah. in the arcades. And <laughs> when I think about it, I swear Hawkeye was did that in the old X Men game as well. Ooh, I think he did too. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, I think he. That's... I think he could do both. When thing, but he used to hit people as well. Hitting people with a bow is. Some... I don't like it one bit. I'm not a fan of that. <laughs> I'm okay with it. I just, it's bad I like for to the get bow. It. I took archery in junior college. It's not good for the bows. It definitely isn't. But, you know, I think Hawkeye can afford a few new bows. Probably. <laughs> um, now, shifting gears, I want to talk a little bit about the PS5 beta update that just happened because we got a bunch of new features. Mm -hmm. Have you messed with this at all? I haven't gotten into... I'm not in the update, okay. unfortunately. Now, Midas, you are. Is that correct? So, I'm not in it, but I've been talking about it because PlayStation Max is out here saving relationships. Oh, go on. Yes, Sony is saying, I'm going to save your relationships. Because I know so many people who are in relationships who, at night, they try to sneak down to play some PlayStation 5. And whenever their partner hears that, it's on site. <laughs> Like, there's no playing, there's angry, what are you doing? Come to bed, leave that PlayStation <laughs> alone. So now that in this beta, you can actually mute your beat. I like the beat. PlayStation, <laughs> Sony will be saving relationships. No therapy is needed, Max. <laughs> no okay. therapy is needed. I am right there with you because I'm not going to lie. I turn on my PlayStation early. I wake up early some mornings and I'm so worried I'm going to uh, wake up my partner sleeping upstairs with that beat because it is so loud. Out. I think it's a loud beep. It is a very loud beep for, for that, like, for that system. It's, it's funny because it's not even that loud, but it's like it hits your brain. No matter how far you're around, you hear that beep, you're like... You know what it is. It's a PlayStation beep. It's immediately, like, Pavlovian. You're like, ooh, there's that. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's cool. I, I think it would be cool if you could uh, customize it and make it do other sounds. Like, I want one... I, I think it should just make a really loud gunshot. Oh, God. <laughs> I want to wake up my wife, <laughs> scare the hell out of her, and just. <laughs> there was an Xbox that they put out that was like a Taco Bell Xbox One X or something, and you push the button to turn it on, and it went. It made like the Taco the Bell, Bell like bong noise, yeah. and like that's awesome. That's such a cool like. That's I want like I don't know. I want that. I want more stupid things to have ringtones. That's my thing in the world. <laughs> I think that. I think electric cars should have customizable car noises. Like they, some of them sound like UFOs when they're backing up. I think they should. You should be able to make it sound like the Flintstones car, or you know, like a Tie Fighter, or like an old jalopy, or a train, or whatever. Like you should be able to swap it out, like ringtones. I want to be able to customize when the microwave is done beeping. I want to just just, say, <laughs> just start shouting, "Your food's ready! Your food is on!" I would love to have a custom microwave beeps. That That'd would be great. great. Good, I'll, I, Max. Would you record some VO for my microwave so I could just hear you say something random? They would be. Uh, I would have a special uh patreon dedicated to uh making new ringtones for people's <laughs> appliances stuff like that no i don't know i, I, I as far as i'm concerned this is I, i'm more more options are great but this is a step backwards i think they need to make the playstation beep louder it's not loud enough not enough people know that you're playing playstation <laughs> your neighbors you know need what? to know <laughs> You know what I'd really want to do, Max? If we could customize it, I'd break all of the rules. And when you press the PlayStation, it makes the Zelda when you've unboxed the box. Okay. So I'd like break the rules. It's going to sound like a Nintendo. Yeah. People are going to think or I'm like playing my Switch. The Mac startup sound. Like, <laughs> I can't. No one can imitate that. Yeah. 
I think that's a good way to know that you have a bootleg PlayStation. <laughs> if you turn it on, it makes a noise. You're like, uh-oh. <laughs> Looks like I'm playing some hacked uh, Pac-Man ROMs today. <laughs> uh, but no, there are, speaking of sound, there are some uh, some cool updates. There's the Dolby Atmos uh, audio settings enabled. What's the deal with this? It like allows Atmos to put out through HDMI or something now? I believe that's the case. So like, if you have like a Dolby sound system, now you can actually take need, use of it with your PS5. I need a new sound bar. I really do. It's really bad. Mine is, I, so I, my, my subwoofer randomly died and I bought a, oh. I bought a used one on eBay and it's cursed. <laughs> that story, that, that's, that never, that always goes well. Like we'll be watching a movie and it'll, it'll just randomly go like, <laughs> scare us very, very badly. So yeah, not great. Maybe I'll look into that. Um, it now supports up to eight terabyte SSDs, which is huge. Yep. File size wise. That's, that's pretty bonkers. Yeah, I'm considering it. Do it. I'm considering it. I mean, I've got a two terabyte in there, and it's. it's I still got. I think like you, have, you got to store all those trophies. I think yeah, you know, they get, they take up a lot of space. All those platinums. Um, I, I don't know. I think I still have got like 400 gigs left of that two terabyte drive. So I, I guess I am kind of primed to upgrade. But I think the eight terabytes I saw when I was looking online are going for like a grand right now. So like that's. That's bad. That's two PlayStations for the memory to put in my PlayStation. The only reason why I would consider doing it at this point in time is because I, if I did upgrade to a PS6 whenever that drops immediately, I could pull this M.2 out of my PS5 and throw it in my PC and have a solid M2 in my PC. So that's fair. I'd be looking at it as a future investment for my my desktop. Okay. There's one here that's cute. It's which is like second controller assistance. So basically, two players on one account can uh, what they can control the same thing. Yeah, which it's, is it's like it's like driver's ed. Yeah, it's kind of like you know like Horizon um, Forbidden West did this. They had a feature where you could literally have two controllers controlling Aloy, um, and so Sony's just kind of expanded that to now basically any game you can use this feature. Um, just by enabling it on your PlayStation in the back end. I actually think it could make for some really cool, like, co-op, like, YouTube videos. I imagine there's going to be a lot of friends out there doing this. Link together. Yeah, it's kind of, yeah, linked together. Yeah, like we did, huh? We did that for uh, for uh, Zelda, Breath of the Wild. That was yeah. great. I don't know. That's, that's cool. I mean, that's good for, like, little kids, I think. It's super- it is also, I think that's where it's more aimed towards is helping your, or your young ones. ruining relationships. You get, uh, you know, two, two, <laughs> a couple together, make them play the same game. Make them the try game. to race yeah. Gran Turismo, both driving the same car. At Simpsons, where they try to all do a Rubik's Cube at the same time. <laughs> Turn the top size bottom ways or whatever. Um now, Midas, I want to pick your brain about something. You've been doing a lot of remote play, right? Yes. And you are actually excited for the Project Q. Is that correct? I am one of the few rare people who are excited about it. So where is it? It says, so I've been playing this a lot. This is my G Cloud. Now, I play a lot of remote play. Even before I got this, I've been playing a lot of remote play because for me in adult life, like I've got a gaming studio, which I'm lucky enough. But when I go home, I don't live with my... Self, So I feel like a lot of people live with their partners or have young kids and stuff like that. Just to take over the TV is not always easy, especially if you're an RPG head like me. 100 hours of a game, I can't just take over. So being able to remote play has always been a cool thing to me. So I used to remote play on my MacBook Pro, but I found the latency on it was really bad. So it only worked when I was playing Jada, RPGs, turn-based only. I would never play anything real time because it was just, it just was thingy. So I wanted something that was dedicated to do that. So I wanted a Steam Deck, but the sale came and I just couldn't buy them, couldn't buy it anywhere. And then 
then I was looking at the Rogue and then everyone was like, you got to do Voodoo to be able to get PlayStation on it. And I was like, I don't want to give my soul up just to be able to play remote play on it. Um, so I was looking at the G Cloud and this is basically just for remote play. So when I saw the GQ, I was like, yes, this is so for me, it's a dual sense. It means I can just sit down, play my PlayStation on the sofa. My missus can watch EastEnders. That is a soap <laughs> in the UK if no one's heard of it. Um, or whatever soap. And I can just, just play it. And I find being able to remote play allows me to kind of bulk into a lot of my gaming. Because um, even when I think about my Nintendo Switch, I probably played my Switch 80% of the time in mm -hmm. handheld mode yep. but most of the big games i want to play are not on my nintendo switch and there's games that i'm super hype about but i just don't have four hours to sit down and just take over the tv or if i do it's the middle of the night and it's midnight mm -hmm. and i'm like oh it's 4 a.m playstation got... beep waking up the missus just too loud yeah. exactly so it's all peak yeah so i'm i'm actually excited just like many people the price point is super important for me um but yeah i think a lot of these big games i don't even really play them when i'm out and about i drive a lot of the time so i'm not really going to be playing it on transport and when i go on holiday max i try to read now because i game all of the time so mm, when i'm on holiday fair. now i i read a book so like the most time i'm actually gaming on something handheld when i'm on my sofa so something so for someone like me it really works in their life and a lot of my friends who have got kids their kids are just watching peppa pig 10 hours of peppa pig on a just tv interested me in this thing that's a totally fair point like i i frequently you know i don't know. lose your tv to your daughter yeah or other people in my house I, you know the dog wants to watch the dog channel yeah i don't know yeah like, no, but peppers, <laughs> you gotta let peppers watch his tv max yeah i mean it's yeah, that's I think there's the, the mindset that like I want this to be portable like I want mm -hmm. this to be a, a handheld thing and it is it is handheld but it's not portable like it's it's for it's a second screen experience or what have you but I guess they yeah I guess they just patched a Wii U into the PS5 sort of which, which is, I'm not mad about I'm actually no. I, like so I don't have I don't run into the issue because we my partner games with me regularly so we each have our own flat screens next to each other so we can play co-op a lot um but there is certain times where you know what sometimes i kind of just want to be able to like relax um and lay on the couch with it just above me like my switch and play something on my playstation so that could be i'm i'm you know, Midas brings up some good points. I'm, I'm a little more interested in it. Midas, thank you for your perspective on that. That is honestly like we've, I feel like we've just been dunking on this, this little thing. And I, again, if it's 300 bucks, I think it's going to be sort of a hard pill to swallow, but uh, I don't know, $300 uh, remote play device I can use to play the PS4 version of Red Dead for 50 bucks. What there you could go. go wrong? It's the, just <laughs> what it's aimed for. Sign of the times. Um, on that note, we got to wrap things up here, but Midas, where can people find you? um so once again i just want to thank you so much for having me on it's been a dream to be on beyond beyond so i've had a great time and you can find me on mr midas games on social media um i'm always on twitter or that now i don't say the word <laughs> um, um instagram i do lots of reviews and previews on youtube at um, youtube.com forward slash mr midas games we're working towards 5k right now and we and i do i've got a podcast as well called too many games and not enough time so yeah 
come and talk to me about games on Instagram, TikTok, um, YouTube, everywhere. Like I'm a gamer who loves to interact with other gamers. Nice. Well, thanks for hopping on, man. That was, yeah. this was a blast. Um, I hope we get to run into each other at Gamescom, which is coming up very rapidly. So soon. Uh huh. You're not. You're not. I'm not going. You don't have to go to it. I don't have to go to. I don't have to go to Germany. I'll be in Germany. I would have loved to get to doing Germany, that. But... We're going to do a big old, we're our usual sort of, you know, live live thing going on there. So that's going to be a lot of excitement. So I have no idea what we're doing next week for the show. I hope it's good, but we might also be tearing our hair out and being frantic and stressed about it. We'll figure it out, though. We'll have a good time. Uh, I think that'll be good. Uh, in the meantime, uh, Jada, thank you for joining me. Midas, thank you for joining mm -hmm. me. And everybody else, beyond. 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 Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.